Hey, y'all. This is Sam's Aunt Betty. This week on the show, NPR books editor Barry Hardiman and NPR film critic Bob Mondello. All right, let's start the show. Hey, y'all. From NPR, I'm Sam Sanders. It's been a minute. Happy weekend to my listeners and to my guests. Two amazing friends of the show. I'm really glad to have you both back in the same week. This is like an all-star reunion. Yeah, this is great. I'm so happy to be next yeah, to this is... <laughs> I can't even tell you. Even if it's for the, for the last time in a long time. Although we had to do elbow bumps when we came exactly. in. I kind of did an elbow snuggle, but okay. I just bow now. I just yeah. bow now. Oh, I that, that works. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, yeah. Bob Mondello, film critic for NPR. Barry Hardiman, senior editor at NPR's Weekend Edition and NPR's book guru. Thank you both for being here. Yay. Great to be here. Uh, radio in the time of coronavirus. We're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We're still doing it. Yeah, it's really made for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're going to talk this week about coronavirus, how it's affecting us all, how to get through self-quarantine. Uh, we'll make it fun, though, I promise. But first, I want to play some audio that really sums up for me the ways in which all of our lives have really changed right now in the midst of this virus. Uh, I'm not Catholic, but I grew up in Catholic school going to Mass a lot. And one of my favorite parts of Mass was the pass the peace thing, you know, where, like, the priest says, go say hi to your neighbors. And you shake their hands and hug them and say, hello, God is great. You look amazing. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. So with coronavirus uh, on the march, you really can't do that. So at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York a few days ago, Cardinal Timothy Dolan said this when it came time to pass the peace. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Let's not. All right, we're not supposed to with this, uh, with the cautions going on. It was the saddest moment. Yeah. Like, his assistant priest is like, go on, shake your neighbor's hands, give them a hug. And as they start to move towards their neighbors, Dolan shuts it down. Hmm. Do y'all feel like everything has changed? I don't know, maybe I'm overreacting. I I do. Yeah. I do sort of. I mean, yes, obviously things have changed. And yet, I guess I'm I'm becoming solitary in a way. And, Mm. And... all right, wait, listen, we got a puppy a few weeks ago, so that's okay. because, that would have become my life regardless. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of stuck with it. But I, you know, no, it doesn't feel like the world has yeah. changed. Barry? I, so I think maybe for me, because I have puppies, human puppies, <laughs> um, it, it, it has changed my daily routine so uh-huh. much because they're always there. But um, I like so I think it really I mean, it is really startling to go to a Trader Joe's and find like literally mm. empty frozen foods because oh, wow. they're never empty. I know they're always stuck. I'm up. always like, I don't know. Do I want this like very, very thick piece of swordfish? <laughs> Finally, everybody <laughs> Everyone wants, wants it. The and now I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I slept yeah. on that swordfish. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so my thing is like I live alone and I like it that way. Mm. And I used to think that, save for work and, like, being around my friends and family, I really like to just be a hermit, sit on my couch and watch Netflix. The last few days have shown me that I like being around people much more than I thought. Uh, (laughs) And I'm kind of like, oh, people are cool. Yeah, there's (laughs) nothing like being told you can't do something to make you want desperately to do it. For sure. Exactly. Speaking of things you can't do and you can do, a lot of folks hearing this show right now are going to be having to spend a lot more time at home in the next few days, weeks, who knows how long. So I want to use the three words portion of this show to give folks some tips and pointers on how to spend that time. You know, usually my panelists share their week of news in three words. This week, y'all's three words are going to be all about keeping yourself occupied if you are stuck at home because of the virus. Bob, you're going to go first. 
I, I was thinking about this uh, earlier this week, and I, it's breathe, just breathe. Um, yeah, I, I do I that think, right now. I just yeah, did that. I, I think it's, into my elbow. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I think it's really important to remember that if I take a deep breath, things are going to keep going. I think it is just sort of generally what you do in times of change. Yeah. Speaking of time, to pass the time, uh, we kind of asked you to compile a list as NPR's film critic mm-hmm. of movies to watch if you're stuck at home. Oh, well, I have a whole bunch. That, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Give it to uh, us. No, I, the, the first thing that I thought of when, when we were talking about that was the movie that I have seen more than any movie in my life. Oh, I can't wait to know this answer. <laughs> I'm so excited. Harold and Maude. Really? I, it, it opened in 1971. I was still in college. I was absolutely thrilled with this movie. Not just because it's a, it's a wonderful story about a, a, a 19-year-old boy who is in love with death. I mean, he, he yeah. goes to funerals mm. to, to entertain himself. Mm. He turns his uh, Jaguar XKE into a hearse. And an 80-year-old woman who is in love with life. And they meet at a funeral and... I, it's it's just extraordinary. Can I tell and, you my truth? Yeah, I've never seen <gasps> Harold and Maude. So oh my excited gosh, it's for so you great. to see it! Now, I think you I'm will watch love it. This it. My actual favorite movie is Buster Keaton's The General. Okay, um, uh, you know I've we, never seen that. Oh my! And goodness. I I know that's a, that's good. But, you know, a, a film critic has to have a favorite because everybody asks, "What's your favorite movie?" Yeah, and I so think I, our producer Danny was cheering behind you when you said that movie <laughs> title. <laughs> Well, I think the, I saw his arms waving. The, the thing is, Buster Keaton is amazing anyway, and that movie is epic. I mean, it's mm. it's enormous and gorgeous, and it and he's doing all these stunts and things like that with moving trains. Mm-hmm. And it's this is back before they did special effects. It's just, it's a freaking amazing movie. Barry, what kind of movies do you want to watch in a moment like this? Well, it's funny. I do feel like, Bob, there are definite, I do want to go to my comfort film. Yeah. All About Eve. Oh, lovely. It's partly because of it is a perfect film, but it changes every time you watch it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I first watched the Betty Davis speech of, Mm -hmm. you know, the things a woman has to let go of as she climbs the ladder, I was, you know, I was eight and I was like, what do you have to let go of? It's so great to be a girl. (laughs) Anyway, now I'm and I will tell you there's some stuff you got to let go of on your way up. Now, Bob, I cheated and had you send me your list uh-huh. in advance of this taping. Mm-hmm. There are three more films on that list. Uh, King of Hearts, uh, Funny Bones, and Burn. Yeah, King of Hearts, it's about Alan Bates as a soldier in World War One. He goes to a small town, and he arrives there right after all the people in the town have run away. And... They, one of the people who ran away was the person with the key to the insane asylum, and they've let out all the inmates. Hmm. And so the inmates have gone and become the baker and the lady on the corner oh, and all that uh. kind of thing. And he comes in, and he doesn't know that, and he falls in love with one of the, one of the girls there. Oh, that's and cool. And it's your basic, you know, cool. the inmates are wiser than the keepers of the asylum, and it's, it's just kind of wonderful. Funny Bones is about comedy. Mm-hmm. It, Oliver Platt plays a guy whose father is Jerry Lewis. Oliver Platt wants to be funny like Jerry Lewis, but his father says, you know, some people tell jokes, some people have funny bones. Mm. Mm. You don't do either. <gasps> right? And oh, so he, he goes to England to find some, someone yeah. who has <laughs> funny bones and, and to learn about comedy. And then the other one is Burn. Uh, Marlon Brando, in, uh, it's a, a Gilles uh 
Ponte Corvo movie. He's a notable a communist uh, Italian director. And uh, he made a movie about a slave revolt in a fictional Caribbean country. Hmm. And Marlon Brando is sort of instigating the slave revolt. But then when the Brits take over that fictional country, all the things that he did to instigate uprisings are now used against the Brits. And so I'm watching this thing back then. And for years thereafter, I look at American involvement in places like, say, Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And I think, Mm -hmm. oh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, it changed my whole view of politics in that respect. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, the show where we catch up on the week that was. I'm Sam Sanders, joined by two guests, Barry Hardiman, senior editor at NPR's Weekend Edition, and Bob Mondello, film critic for NPR. Barry. Hi. You have three words about surviving and passing the time in the age of coronavirus. It involves things to do if you might have kids puppies C- kids kids <laughs> right sorry it is it is about the kids. like puppies and this by the way this advice i really believe works for actually works for everybody whether you're a parent or not and works mm-hmm. for times of current mm-hmm. but here it is just forgive yourself mm. because snaps for those three words i mean yeah, I like that's, that. that's very nice like yeah it really it's gonna be hard mm-hmm. you know and you if you perseverate and really, if you start to really tear yourself down about what you're not doing or what you should be doing, you're going to miss the parts that are fun. And that said, and this is, you know, my whole plan is to have a structure and okay. say, here's what I'm going to try to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then to feel, you know, some level of forgiveness t- within that structure. So, mm. you know, my kid's school has been canceled. I have a five and an eight year. Oh, I don't. They just, I have a six. Don't worry, guys. They're in good hands. <laughs> that was terrifying for a moment. Oh, they're gone. You lost a five-year-old and a five-year-old turned six. I have a five-year-old that turned six and okay. an eight-year-old that turned nine last week. Because you made it seem like you lost one of them. No, no I've got them both. Okay. Was got them both. Okay. So okay. I have, so they're at ages where they are totally capable of doing their own thing, but they mm-hmm. really want some input. So what I have done, in fact, I was on a text chain this morning where people were all sharing their schedule. Mm. It takes yeah. a little bit of work at the beginning of the day. But mm. you just you plan out the day. You say, okay, okay, nine to ten is for marching around outside and throwing a ball at the wall. You know, mm. just give them. You know, these are what the the little stations are for you. Yeah. And then you also know because in mm-hmm. your head you're like, okay, well, I just need to get to three o'clock, which is when I'm going to let them turn on the TV. And you're, mm. they see TV and you see yes. wine, whatever, or whatever, <laughs> yeah, exactly. or finish my book. <laughs> I, I don't it. know. I so that's it. that's what I I really do. And then right, I also yeah. think the other thing is is that you have to build in time for them to be alone mm-hmm. and for you to be alone and mm-hmm. this is and this is where the actual recommendations come in which is that mm-hmm. when you do spend the time all together mm-hmm. Try to make it something you all like. And I know that's hard with kids because truly no one likes They to... like the weirdest thing. Oh, mm. my God. Is there stuff that you can watch with kids and everyone enjoys yes. it, Barry? Yes. Huh. Okay. There are. So first yeah. of all, this is, a, this is a real thing, guys. But American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> can I tell you? It's amazing. I, during, okay, when I was a campaign reporter and I had time off from the trail and I was just at home, I needed to like veg out completely. Mm-hmm. I would either watch... Happy Endings, the sitcom, or marathons of American Ninja Warrior. And there was one weekend where I watched American Ninja Warrior all weekend, and it was so soothing. Yes. Tell folks who don't know what the show is. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't know what the show is. It is. I I would never have known had truly my my nine-year-old not discovered it. I really do know who these children are, you guys. (laughs) I 
<laughs> what are their names? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but which is that it is the series of parkour-like events where mm. giant, huge like outside oh, obstacle courses. I've seen that. Yes. yes. So, so like, like you're like climbing over a f- moat and then jumping through jumping then, a, a thing that, car wash that thing or whatever. Right. Yeah. And everything is insecure. So like, or you're mm. holding onto doorknobs that are wiggling. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's so crazy. And over water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everybody has an inspirational story. It's so sweet. Like no one is really, it has that that kind of British Bake Off feel, which mm-hmm, is another mm-hmm. one I'd recommend, um, where everybody really is supporting each other in the environment. There's no like, it has a, there's no like love yes. is blind, like, well, I think it goes to me first kind yeah. of thing, you know? It feels like American gladiators, but nicer. Perfect description. The other thing I would say um, is a thing that I think is sort of underrated and can be part of your like, now we're doing our family time that everybody will love mm-hmm. is go back to the music videos of your youth. This is going to sound ah. weird. But like yesterday when Richard Marks was trending on Twitter, my God, everybody, <gasps> I thought okay? he died. I thought he died. I know. Oh he's God. okay. Okay. And my kids were like, who's Richard Marks? And then I was like, mommy slow danced to this song for the first time with a boy and then with another boy. But, um, and I played that. And hilariously, my youngest is like, what's on his head, mom? And I was like, oh, my God. They've never seen like 80s right. hair. Oh, my goodness. You know? But that's really fun. We're all dancing. We're talking about our youth. It's Great. Somewhere in the vaults of the local ABC affiliate here in Washington, um, there is tape of me in my very first television appearance. I had helmet hair, right? I mean, I just had this, this like weird hair. And they had given me a script. And I say something on the order of, so there's this new thing. It takes music and puts it together with a video. Oh, it's called tape. a music video. Let's look. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, oh I want my that God. archive tape. I want that archive tape. <laughs> oh my God, I'm gonna try, I'm gonna find and, it. And my voice was probably yes. up there too. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I will say my little tip for folks who are gonna be at home for a long time in the next few weeks. We're in a really good moment for reality TV. Oh, we mm. are. There's a lot of good reality TV out. Mm-hmm. The Charge is being led by Netflix. Love is Blind was phenomenal. The Circle Lauren was take the wheel. phenomenal. <laughs> exactly. Um, there was a fashion show that they did recently called Next in Fashion. Really great. There was a reality show they had about glass blowers. I watched cool. the whole thing and was riveted. Reality TV is having a moment, mm-hmm. and it's uh, perfect viewing for self quarantine. I would say. If you Anyways. can't get into the real world, get into the reality world. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that seems reasonable. Yeah. Listeners, if you are listening while on self-quarantine, send me a note. I want to know how it's going for you. Me too. Yeah. Barry, Bob, thank you for your recommendations. All right, coming up, we're going to go to school. Colleges across the country are shutting things down weeks before their semesters are over because of coronavirus. We will check in with a student in Kentucky who is undocumented to see how much that closure will affect him. Also, we'll hear from a reporter in Seattle, America's coronavirus epicenter. You are listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. We'll be right back. This message comes from NPR sponsor Chobani Oat. Made to taste just like milk. It's creamy, frothy, and great with coffee and cookies. But without the dairy, because it's not milk. It's almost milk. New Chobani Oat. This message comes from NPR sponsor Discover. Did you know that Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically? With no limit to how much you can earn or how much they'll match. 
Plus, Discover's accepted at over 95% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when you use your Discover card, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2019 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Change is hard. Transitions can be even harder. But they're also an opportunity to explore and discover and reimagine things you thought you knew. I'm Anoush Zamarodi, the new host of NPR's TED Radio Hour. And with all this in mind, we've decided to make my entire first episode about reinvention. Subscribe or listen right now. Hey, y'all, we are back. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. I'm your host, Sam Sanders. As we all know by now, coronavirus is spreading throughout America. Events and large gatherings and concerts and tours are being canceled all across the country. The NBA just suspended the rest of its season. March Madness is canceled. Disneyland is even closed. Also, colleges. Classes are moving online and dorms are closing, forcing students out before their semesters are done. We wanted to talk with one student who's been affected by this. Edgar, hi. How are you? Hi. Um... I'm good. I just got out of class. So Edgar Ortiz is a student at Berea College in Kentucky. Berea is this kind of special place. It's a school that doesn't charge tuition. All the students there hold jobs on campus to help pay for their schooling. Berea was one of the first colleges to cancel classes because of coronavirus. They did so early this week. And Edgar told me that there was a bunch of emotion when the announcement came out. In the dining hall, when everyone got the news at the same time, the underclassmen were happy, excited. They had like a little celebration and the seniors were, were in their corner like uh, worried and weeping. And the professors too, they, they, they didn't get any like heads up as to like the school shutting down. So they got, this, they got the news the same time we did. Um, there are a couple of professors that haven't sent me an email yet um, as to what to do because they're, they're still figuring it out. Where's home for you? Uh, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. And, you know, I, I could go home, but one, my car, it needs to be taken to the mechanic. And then two, I live off campus. I pay rent, so it's kind of a little bit difficult to move mm-hmm. back home for a couple of weeks and then come back to school. Are there any complications for you around, or big complications, besides just, you know, the usual trying to find enough money, but any big things that might make it hard for you to go home to Atlanta? Well... I am undocumented, so I'm a special case, along with maybe about 50 or 60 other undocumented students that are on campus. Um, the college has repeatedly said that we are a lot safer at school than our, you know, than back home. Why is that? Um, well, uh, if we ever to be detained, uh, the college would bail us out. Um, if I was detained by ICE, for example, in Georgia, ICE doesn't usually tell you where they're taking you, and it'll be hard for the school to track me. Are there other things that I'm not even thinking about that would be hard to figure out if you had to leave campus? Like, I'm assuming a lot of college students get their health insurance through their college. Is it harder to tap into that health insurance if you're away from campus? Like, stuff like that? Um, Berea accepts people below a certain income level, so most of us live on the poverty line or below it. Health insurance isn't an option for us. A, a, a lot of us have never been to the dentist until they came to Berea College. It's really difficult for us to access any kind of health care. Um, and to be able to leave it is really difficult. I, I know a couple of people that depend on medications 
through the school, and now they have to go home and they have to figure out how they're going to get their medications. Last question for you. I mean, hearing you tell me this story, it just feels like something out of a movie. Like, how surreal for you on campus have the last few days felt? Like, it must, you must be walking through your day kind of being like, what, is this real? (laughs) I don't know. When I told my mom the news, she said the same thing. She said, wow, that's really scary. It's like something out of a movie. (laughs) And to me, it was just like, just another weird day at Berea College. Until she said that, then then it hit me. It was like, yeah, this is weird. Like something... This this doesn't happen. <laughs> um, Berea doesn't shut down for any reason. Uh, we've we'll, we'll we'll get snow, we'll get emergencies, and the school will still operate. And it, on top of that, like I have to figure out how I'm going to handle you know the new coursework and the syllabus that my teachers are going to present to me by Friday, hopefully, um, because apparently classes are still going to be um, happening, but they're not going to be on campus. Um, I'm going to be getting my classwork through email for the rest of the semester. Yeah. Okay. But like, how do you do a chemistry lab via email? Oh, well, <laughs> um, my chemistry professor has not sent me an email yet about what she's going to do um, about that yet. And I'm still waiting on her. But okay. I, I take a cell and molec class. Um, and the lab is just canceled. Uh, and that professor doesn't know what she's going to do either. Hmm. Um, but she did say she was going to record lecture, uh, voice over her lecture through PowerPoint and send us, you know, those. Oh, that sounds riveting. A PowerPoint with a pre-recorded lecture. Great. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> instead of, instead of you know, listening to music in the car, it's PowerPoints about cells. <laughs> Edgar, I thank you so much for your time. I'm sorry your studies have been disrupted this semester, but it seems like you are in good spirit and are going to find a way to work through it all. So all the best, man. Thank you. Thanks again to Edgar Ortiz. And now we're going to move to Seattle. That city has been ground zero for coronavirus here in America. They've had a significantly higher number of deaths from coronavirus than other areas around the country. Uh, This week, I called up Trish Murphy. She's a reporter at Seattle member station KUOW, and she's the host of their new daily news podcast, Seattle Now. I asked Trish what it's been like to see her city empty as folks are still forced to isolate themselves. The university has canceled classes. So where we are, there is decidedly fewer people than I have ever seen in the university district. Mm. There was a fog the other day. Was it creepy? It was definitely creepy. And it it feels surreal. But then this morning I'm driving to work and I'm driving past coffee shops and there are still people in there. Like life is definitely going on. So as of right now, catch our listeners up on all of the measures Seattle has taken. So the schools are keeping, you know, students at home. Large events have been canceled or postponed. But, like, can you, I don't know, checklist, TikTok, all the big things that the mayor or the governor or, you know, whoever has done to keep folks away from each other? Yeah, well, the apparatus that the school system provides for families is critical, right? Oh, sure. Kids get meals there. Yeah. Um, Some kids, kids get their clothes is, washed at school, you know? Exactly. The city has said, you know, we would like you to telecommute. The state has said we would like you to telecommute. They're going to start supporting small businesses who are really hurting right now. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about doing things like helping people keep the lights on, helping the water stay on. There's a lot of talk about reimbursing people who work in the gig economy who are not 
doing as many Uber rides, you know. Mm. Uh, but none of that is concrete yet. What has been the biggest thing you've noticed in the way that Seattle residents have changed their behavior since coronavirus became a thing there? I mean, we know that folks are stocking up on supplies, but in terms of like everyday interactions with people, have people changed from what you can see and tell? Oh, definitely. Everybody's doing the COVID hello, you know. Which is? <laughs> <laughs> Six feet away. Hey, how you doing? If you're elbow bumping at all, everybody's hand sanitizing, at least in my world, you know. Yeah. But I went down to Tacoma, a suburb of Seattle, and I'm in a restaurant and nobody seems to care. Really? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, you didn't get the message yet. So Seattle is going through so much right now in terms of coronavirus, um, but a lot of other places in the country might be facing what Seattle is facing very soon. From someone in a city that has experienced the brunt of coronavirus pretty early, any lessons or advice for the rest of us that might face shells fate soon? You know, I am not sure if we even have lessons yet. We're just doing what we can do right now. Um, and mm. that means like hand sanitizing mm -hmm. constantly, being mm -hmm. really, really aware of who you're with and touching your face. My advice would be get ready. Get ready to unpack and repack your anxiety about 30 times a day. Oh, okay. <laughs> Last question for you. There are these scenes I'm seeing on cable news of, like, deserted highways and empty school parking lots and baseball stadiums boarded up and no one's in them. What's been the most shocking thing that you've seen in Seattle since coronavirus became the story? Like, was there one visual of a ghost town Seattle that it just stops you in your tracks? You know, I was on I-5 um, mm -hmm. Saturday morning. I was probably one of three cars on the road. Um, wow. And it reminded me of 9-11 really? when all the planes stopped flying and everyone like holed up in their house because nobody knew what to do. That's exactly what I thought of when I was driving over the section of I-5 that I was driving over because it was the same section of I-5 that I was on on 9-11 when I looked around and realized wow. that the entire city had stopped. Wow. That's uh, that's incredible. I will say perhaps the silver lining of all of this is we got through that, and I hope and think that we'll get through this too. Life, it goes on. It does. It does. Oh, my goodness. Trish Murphy, thank you so much. <laughs> Stay safe out there. Thank you for informing your public uh, on all the news, which these days is a lot of coronavirus stuff. Tell our listeners the name of your daily news podcast. You can listen to Seattle Now every day at 6 a.m. in your favorite podcast app. Thanks again to Trish Murphy. Her new daily podcast from KUOW is called Seattle Now. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR. It's time for a break right now. When we come back, we'll play my favorite game, Who Said That? And I promise we will stop talking about coronavirus for a little bit. BRB. Support for NPR and the following message come from Target. As a supplier diversity lead for Target, Mike Alexander's job is to discover new vendors, like Ray Phillips, the founder of Soap Socks, and foster a relationship to help them grow. We want to bring in companies that can offer an assortment to our guests that meets their needs, that are innovative, and represent their community. 
to see a company like Target taking the initiative and really going out to seek out vendors that look like me or come from the communities I come from or just other people who may not be entirely represented. It's an amazing thing to see. It's allowed us to be more self-assured in our ability to deliver the product that we think the customers would love. Learn more about how Target supports diverse entrepreneurs at Target.com slash Founders We Love. This week on NPR's Invisibilia, we take you to a summer program for teenagers with sleepovers, marshmallows, and racial confrontation. I want you to all line up by skin tone, lightest to darkest. That's up next on NPR's Invisibilia. We are back. You're listening to It's Been a Minute from NPR, the show where we catch up on the week that was. I am joined by two all-stars this weekend, Bob Mondello, film critic for NPR, and Barry Hardiman, senior editor for NPR's Weekend Edition and senior books guru. So she must know everything. You know everything. I know all the things, yeah. Quick, rapid fire, tell me two books to read in the age of coronavirus. Uh, Read everything Octavia Butler ever wrote. This is Mm, the moment you'll be inside another world, and Mm -hmm. she, I think, is underread. And Octavia Butler combined with Philip Pullman, who also writes... Um, sort of science fiction mm-hmm. that is, you know, related to the world, but not of this world. Right. And and all of them have a different kind of feeling of like, what would it, what is the essential part of humanity that can survive any adversity? Right. So, and mm. they go, and there's like a lot of them. Like there's yes. so yes, many there pages. Thousands of pages. Yeah, you I could, mean, you guys, definitely... just find yourself a series. Like there's 17 <laughs> yeah. pole darks. You know what I mean? You can do this. You can do it. Yeah. I love it. All right. It is now time for my favorite game. I promise it's going to be coronavirus free. Excellent. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? You both have played this game before. Uh-huh. You both know how it works. Yeah, I'm really bad at it. I am You're, too. Yeah. We're, We're both we bad terrible. At it. We can't wait to compete on this. <laughs> I know. Exactly. This game is very Race simple. To the bottom. <laughs> I share three quotes from the week of news. You got to guess who said that, or guess some keywords from the story. Okay. The winner gets absolutely nothing per usual. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> nice. Ready? First quote. I plan to be on the cover of Playboy magazine again. Oh, I know this. Say it. It's Dolly. It's my girl. How fabulous. Yes. Dolly Parton. I follow Dolly Parton pretty closely. Uh-huh. 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 <laughs> um, but And so, like, that was just a thing that, like, popped up in my newsfeed, apropos of nothing. And I literally uh-huh. was just like, oh, well, of course she is, and mm-hmm. went on with my day. So yeah. you probably know more about this story <laughs> right. than yeah. I actually yeah. do. So Dolly Parton was on 60 Minutes Australia recently. And she said to them, quote, I thought it would be such a hoot if they'll go for it. I don't know if they will. If I could be on the cover again when I'm 75. Uh, she was the first country singer to uh, pose for the magazine in October of 1978 in the iconic Playboy bunny outfit with the ears and the bow tie. Mm-hmm. And if anyone could pull off a second Playboy appearance decades later, it is Dolly Parton. Take I that, agree. Jolene. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. Barry, you got that point. Next quote. Here it is. Okay. I can assure you, marrying a prince or a princess is not all it's made out to be, but sometimes the right decision isn't always the easy one. Who said that? Marrying a prince or a princess isn't all... I... I mean, I want to say Diana. It is, well, you know, it is within well, the royal family. Okay. Well, so Megan. Uh, keep going. Uh, Harry. Yes. 
Well, how would he know? <laughs> I think he was talking about how hard it was for Meghan. For Meghan. Did y'all oh, see God. this crazy story? No. Prince Harry reportedly got a prank phone call. Oh. Oh, I didn't see that. Prince Harry, while in Canada with Meghan, was called up by these two Russian prankster jokesters. They go by Vovan and Lexis. They've done this before with famous people. Right, to like politicians, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So these prank callers call Prince Harry's number and they say, this is Greta Thunberg. Oh my God. And Harry just talks to her about everything. Oh my God, he just needed to talk. Yes. <laughs> he talked about uh, his thoughts on marriage, his thoughts on leaving the royal family, his thoughts on Donald Trump and Boris Johnson and climate oh change. He talked about feeling guilty about flying in private jets. He told oh fake Greta everything. Oh my God, fake Greta is the best therapist. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> The moral of the story is never answer your phone. Yeah. I know. Come on. Isn't he a millennial? <laughs> he should know. Yeah. All right. Final quote. The bear is part of my nickname growing up. And the whole mama bear thing, and they're in Alaska. You know, there are bears in our front yard. So bear was easy. Bear Bryant. <laughs> Someone who talked a lot about being a bear in a run for office many years ago. She had a moment on reality oh, TV this uh, week. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Palin. Palin. Yes, you both get the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did y'all see this week? Sarah Palin was unveiled on The Masked Singer I as the bear. I read that in a tweet and I didn't believe it. And then I went deeper into the thread and I was like, oh my God, the 21st century is so weird. So this show is already bananas. The Masked Singer is all about celebrities wearing these elaborate costumes and you have to guess <laughs> who's behind the mask. Um, there have been lots of famous folks on there. Gladys Knight, T-Pain. Mm. Uh, <laughs> recently, Sarah Palin was on there. Oh That's and she was unveiled after performing literally... <laughs> Sir Mix a lots. Baby got back. We have the tape. Ooh. I don't understand. Oh my, my face is melting. <laughs> oh my god. That's a little scary. Wow. On the one hand, it's good to see people having good fun but on mm. the other hand it just speaks to the levels to which people go mm -hmm. to stay the famous stay, yeah. yes also those are big like masked heads like only one person wears it right like I'm just yeah. thinking about san like just general <laughs> sanitizing that it's not a face mask <laughs> <laughs> okay good so this last point goes to both of you because you Excellent. both got Yay. it. Uh, everybody wins. Everybody Literally. wins. Congratulations. We all win. You well, did thank it. You. Thank you, you made it. Yay. I love it, love it, love it. All right. Now it's time to end the show as we always do. Each week we ask our listeners to share with us the best things that have happened to them all week. We encourage folks to brag. They always do. Let's listen. Hey, this is Sam from Vancouver, Washington, and the best part of my week was seeing my daughter as a lead in the youth musical Tarzan and surprising her, not with a bouquet of flowers, but a six-foot-tall uh, jungle-looking tree. <laughs> it really wowed her. Hi, Sam. The best part of my week was celebrating 45 years cancer-free after being diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma when I was 18. The best part of my week was that I was accepted to a graduate program at the University College of London. My husband, Edward, was awarded the 2020 School Counselor of the Year for all of San Diego County Schools 
for grades K through 8. The best part of my week was definitely also the best part of Texas Public Radio's week. After more than 30 years, we've moved into our own building. The best part of my week was... I bought myself a brand new road bike. It's in my favorite color, pine green, and the bike bell has little tacos on it. Hi Sam, it's Alexander here in Vancouver, and the best part of my week was proposing to my beautiful partner Laura, who I met eight years ago this week at a World Model United Nations conference. There's hope for global diplomacy yet. We both love the show, so keep up the great work. Love your show. Bye for now. Bye. Swing by the new place next time you're in town. We'll get some barbecue. Stay healthy, stay safe, and have a great week. Oh, that's a good one. Lovely. That really is. To my friends in San Antonio at Texas Public Radio, congratulations on the new building. I hang out there whenever I go home to Texas. And they have been preparing for this move for a while. So I'm so glad it happened. Um, thanks to all the listeners you heard there. Alexander, congrats on the engagement. Thanks to Ileana, Carrie, Gerald, Tony, Karen, and Sam. That was really great. It was. It was. I Pine green it. bike. I love it. It's on <laughs> trend and cute. Yes. Also, <laughs> I want to see pictures of the young girl who played Tarzan. That sounds I, like I a think that's reasonable. That sounds amazing. And the tree. I yes. have no idea where that was going. Yes. All right, listeners, share with us anytime throughout any week the best parts of your week. Just record the sound of your voice onto your phone and email that file to me at samsanders at npr.org. samsanders at npr.org. Bob Mondello, film critic for NPR. Barry Hardiman, senior editor at NPR's Weekend Edition. And mediocre chief parent. Of books. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry. You can do it again. <laughs> no, it stays in. It stays in. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks to the team that made the show this week. Our show was produced by Anjali Sastry, Danny Hensel, and Janae West. Our fearless editor is Kitty Isley. Our superhero intern is Hafsa Fatima. Our director of programming is Steve Nelson. Our big boss is NPR's senior VP of programming, Anya Grundman. And a special shout out. Uh, this is Danny's last weekend with us. Danny Hensel is going off to work on Weekend Edition with you, Barry. Woohoo! Wow. You are getting a jewel of a producer and oh, human I can being. Tell. We've been making a lot of eye contact. It's doing <laughs> really well. Thank you so already. much. Danny likes old classic movies. Ooh, yes, he he likes emo music. He's a very good writer, and his snark is off the charts. <laughs> God, this you, Danny. Is a dream. He's great. All right, listeners, till next time, thank you for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon. Hold up. 